Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 127. Yep, we made it to 127. And next week, hopefully, we'll make it to 128. But this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about the interest rates that matter to you, how you can watch them, what you can infer about future interest rates based upon the actual trading prices of various futures contracts. I'll explain how that works. And then we'll get into you know, some of the ways that, on a practical sense, many of you may have a, let's say, a, a, you know, like a five-year arm, 10-year arm, uh, where the mortgage will reset, or maybe you have a home equity loan or other type of loan. A lot of these loans are based upon a certain interest rate and then a margin against that interest rate, meaning they add a couple, you know, like 3% plus LIBOR, 2% plus LIBOR, 2% plus the continuous maturity of the five-year, you know, treasury rate. So I want to give a a little bit of a practical sense of how you can use this as well. So first, the interest rates that, that matter to you, or maybe the, you know, ones that I think you can watch, there's all this talk, and two weeks ago, of course, we did an episode, don't watch the news, just watch the data. And this is going to be another one of those type of deals here. You know, a lot of people are speculating about, hey, is the Federal Reserve going to raise rates? Are they not going to raise rates? By the way, what does the, the Fed funds or the, the Fed raising rates even mean? And so any number of people are going on TV, on CNBC, Fox Business, Bloomberg Television, Wall Street Journal, any, any number of these outlets and making predictions about what's going to happen to future interest rates. We know that the uh, PCE that was just released, which is the uh, one of the inflation indicators along with CPI, those have been really high. Uh, in that Watch the Data episode two weeks ago, uh, that was episode number, uh, what did I say? This is 127. So that was episode 125. I kind of went over the things to watch when you're watching inflation. So, but what's interesting too is, by the way, you know, inflation has continued on a year-over-year basis. And I encourage you to go back to that episode because I I do cover this. Uh, It has been higher, but yet the bond market rates have been falling. And there's any number of reasons for that. So let's first talk about things you can be watching. Obviously, the, the Fed funds rate, and so the Fed funds rate is the, the Federal Reserve Bank. They set a target. Their target right now is 0% to a quarter percent. And most recently, the actual Fed funds rate has been about 10 basis points. That's 0.10%, right? So if it was 100 basis points, it would be 1%. Uh, one basis point would be equal to 0.01%. So it's trading at 10 basis points. And when the Federal Reserve makes changes to the rates, typically what they'll do is they'll change their target range from uh, from the Fed funds rate. So if they were going to raise rates, if they were going to go up a full quarter point, uh, they might you know, go from zero to 25 to 25 basis points to 50 basis points. So a quarter percent to a half percent. But anyway, um, I'm going to talk later about how you can actually pull up the futures market and what the futures market's implying. Not what people are saying on TV, what the actual markets are, 
are sort of trading at. And from there, you can derive probabilities. I'll link to a previous episode I did. Uh, it's probably over a year ago now, where I talked about using uh, probabilities for interest rate changes based upon the futures markets as well. So I won't be covering that today, but I encourage you to, to look in the show notes and grab that episode as well. Okay, so a couple of these rates. We talked about the Fed funds rate, uh, but then there's there's different rates and there's things that in, we use futures markets to imply uh, the rates. And so the Fed funds, there's actually a Fed funds futures market. And the Fed funds futures market has actual trading prices. And the way the futures market works, I can buy a contract, for example, that is, you know, for let's say uh, expires September 22nd of this year and its current price or the mid price and the market's not open right now. So these are kind of stale quotes from uh, the close on Friday, but the mid price was around 99.91. And so when you see that, a lot of these interest rate futures markets, uh, you get an implied interest rate if you take 100 minus the price of the future. So 100 minus 99.91 is 0 0.09. And guess what? What do we say the Fed funds has been trading around or, or the Fed funds rate has been? It's been about 10 basis points, so 0 0.10. And the implied Fed funds rate from 100 minus the futures price is 0.09%. So pretty close. But the reason why I say this is there are futures contracts. Uh, there's ones I can see on here, at least on the CME group, the Fed funds uh, watch area, where they actually do have probabilities of future cuts or you know changes or not changes. But I can see contracts that go out to February 1st of 23. So if I'm looking at this here, I'll pick uh, the January 26th of 22 contract expiration. Its mid price was 99.915. Mid price just means, you know, the price sort of between the, the bid and the ask on those. And if I take 100 minus that, guess what? It's actually implying about, you know, 0, 0.0. I got to do a little math. This was easier before. Uh, 0. 0.085%, right? It's actually a little bit lower. But again, these, these are the markets that open right now. I'm not using, you know, active data uh, pricing. These are as of the close. And so if you're looking at that, you would say, okay, based upon the implied price, what's going on there? Well, in this case, uh, you know, it's not really implying much outside of what currently is. Now, if you go all the way to February 1st of 23, which seems like uh, its price was 99.72, so 100 minus that, you get uh, you know 0.28% is the implied Fed funds interest rate. And that would be higher, not too much higher than the 0 to 0.25% to, to uh, target rate right now. But there you actually get some probabilities that the Fed funds rate would be, you know, lifted by about, you know, uh, 25 basis points with a 40% probability. Those probabilities will change based upon the prices. So 
I would encourage people who you know are watching the talking heads and giving their predictions about what the Fed will do, go ahead and look at the, the actual futures markets. These are people who are trading. and They could be hedging. They could be speculating. Any, any number of things. But these are actual trades, people putting money into the market, uh, expressing some sort of an opinion. So I like to look at the futures markets and see what people are actually doing rather than saying. So the other uh, interest rate one that you can take a look at, it's called the euro dollar futures. Uh, now, this may seem a little confusing. You know, euro dollars... Um, Maybe I'll do a whole episode on what euro dollars are, but euro dollar futures are actually um, from there we can imply the three month LIBOR rate, and so this is LIBOR. By the way, is the rate that most loans were based upon, and they're in a process right now of sort of trying to switch over. And you can Google uh, LIBOR rate, um, uh, well, controversy. Put it that way. Uh, there was some some controversy around how the rate was being created, and uh, you know who was setting the rate, things like that. You can Google that. We're not going to cover that on this episode. But three month LIBOR, which means the rate, you know, three month rate, so a very short term rate. I'll bet you, if you had a mortgage, variable rate mortgage, or home equity loan, uh, any any number of things chances are the loan was based in part on the LIBOR rate. And there's one-year one LIBOR, there's six-month LIBOR rate, but three-month LIBOR was a, a big one. There's still loans, by the way, that are still based upon LIBOR. But same thing, and you'll hear a theme. I'm going to say you take 100 minus the price of the future. And so if we take 100 minus the, uh, the price of, let's say, the September of this year's future, it implies a three, it's 99.88, so 100 minus that, 0.22% is the implied uh, three-month LIBOR rate based upon the futures price. And so what this lets you do is it lets you go ahead and, and take this and look and say, okay, well, okay, December of 22. So what's, what's the price there? It's 99.61. I'm just using the last price. So again, I'm, I'm doing this when... Uh, you know, mar markets aren't necessarily open, right? Um, and by the way, the, it depends on how active the contracts are. So if you go out further and further away from the current month uh, contract, there's going to be less price discovery, less volume on those. But the December, about 99.41, which implies, you know, about a 0.39% three-month LIBOR, okay? So uh, these are also, most of these rates are going to be on the CME um, the uh, uh, CME Group. Um, I'll give you a link in the show notes, but if you do, uh, just go cmegroup.com, you can kind of poke around and find them, but I'll also try and give you some some links to the actual uh, you know contracts as well so you can look at these prices. Um, by the way, it's worth noting, um, it, you might see this and say, yeah, I'm going to start trading these. Don't, don't do that. If you've never traded futures, uh, or even if you had, uh, have, uh, you know, Nothing I'm going to say on this podcast would would uh, uh, be be a recommendation one way or another, or uh, you know, uh, uh, in support of you, you know, going out and opening a futures account and trading these. So a lot more that goes into those. So the other one that we sort of take a look at 
is the SOFA rate, Secured Overnight Funding Rate. And this is the, I think it's safe to say, the preferred replacement by the Federal Reserve for LIBOR. And the, you know, recently I redid uh, our mortgage and it was actually the, uh, it's an arm and it, when it resets, LIBOR plus uh, a margin, and I'll explain that in a second. But it's, it's uh, no, I'm sorry, I said LIBOR. I'm just old habit. Uh, it's, it's actually based upon the SOFR rate. So SOFR uh, is secured overnight funding rate, and it's secured by treasuries. I mean, it's a secured loan, right? So, and it, it deals, yeah, I mean, it's got close lineage, right, with the uh, uh, reverse repo and repo market. But same type of deal. The one of the most recent quotes was ninety nine point nine five. One hundred minus that is zero point zero five. So implies the the SOFA rate at five basis points or zero point zero five percent. And so um, the other one now there's no futures on this is uh, it's Bisby BSBY. It's uh, uh, it's a Bloomberg short term bank yield index. I think is the acronym. That Bisbee stands for, and it's based upon you know the rates on CDs, commercial paper, bank deposits, short-term bank bond trades. Uh, I think these futures are coming out on the CME at the end of August. At least that's what I read. Um, and there's a lot of you know some people want Bisbee, some people want Sofer, some people still use LIBOR. But the reason to, to bring this up is all of these, and eventually Bisbee, they'll they'll have futures markets. And like I was just explaining, you can take 100 minus that and you can sort of figure out, okay, so what is the implied interest rate? And because futures markets have forward contracts, meaning not just this month, they have contracts going out, as I said, you know, February of 23. Um, here, I mean, I'm looking at uh, the, the euro dollar futures contracts and they've got one on here, December of 24. You know, I don't know how much volume there is on that contract and how, but anyway, it's, uh, so here's the practical thing for, for many of you. So a lot of these variable rate mortgages, or as I said, loans, maybe it's a home equity loan, all those things, right? Not going to say whether you should do a variable or a fixed or anything like that. Maybe we'll, co maybe we'll cover those in, in more detail about the pros and cons of each at some point. But uh, chances are, if if you have a, you know, maybe a five or a 10-year arm, that's an adjustable, arm stands for adjustable rate mortgage. If you go ahead and you look at the terms of that mortgage and you look at how, when it resets, let's say you have a five-year arm after it's fixed for five years. And then after that, it's variable. And it's variable, but it's going to be based on some underlying interest rate. And so typically, you might see it based on a rate, but you might see what's called a, you know, plus or minus a margin. And I'll explain. So let's say uh, if you have a, a SOFR loan, it might say, okay, it's going to reset at 3% plus SOFR. Okay, so if it was resetting today and that was the terms, it would reset to 3.05. And sometimes these have floors in them, sometimes they don't those types of things. Uh, if it's a three-month LIBOR, it's another LIBOR, LIBOR rate, you might see you know, some 
percentage plus, you know, plus or minus that. So, and the other one you might see is um, there are adjustable runs, adjustable rate mortgages that uh, or loans that have uh, for the reference rate or the um, uh, the determination of what the rate will be. It might be some margin plus the interest rate on, let's say, the five-year treasury. So the five-year treasury closed a little bit below 0.7% on Friday. Uh, but let's just use 0.7. If your margin is is 2% plus that rate, the, the mortgage will reset at 2.7%. Okay, I'm giving a very broad overview on that. But for a lot of you who probably signed these mortgages, and there was some rate and it's going to reset and maybe this floor is a minimum or a maximum, all that stuff, right, beyond the scope. But take a look at your mortgage and see what the rate is. And then you can go ahead and you can start looking up, uh, you know, what these are, okay? So um, important things. Now, the other thing I wanted to just sort of, you know, couch uh, some of this in is the idea that these things can change. And so let's say if you're you're looking at one of these rates and you do your 100 minus the rate, or if you go to the, the CME, uh, Federal Reserve Probability uh, Tracking Tool, or FedWatch Tool, I think it's called the FedWatch Tool. You know, what they do is um, they also can, can let you do a, a historical look. And the historical look is, um, so for this, I can look at the, uh, the March contract and of 22. And I think the, the meeting date is uh, March 16th, right? I don't know if I, I misspoke and I said the expiration date or the meeting date. When I, so if you're, if you're listening to this previously, I, I gave some dates. Those are the meeting dates, right? Okay. So let's look at the March 22. And, you know, on June 16th, so not that long ago, the probability of a rate increase. So zero to 25 is, is the current target range. And their probability was about 78.8%. Again, I, I encourage you, I'll put it in the show notes where I went into more detail about how these are calculated, but um, safe to say that there are, so the probabilities increase when the futures contract on this particular, you know, align with this particular meeting date when the price changes. And so, you know, let's say it's not, but let's say the price went down to 99. That would be implying a 1% uh, Fed funds rate. And so, yeah, there'd be a high probability that you're going to get a, an interest rate increase, all right? But anyway, so if I look at the June 16th, the day of June 16th and see what the probabilities were, and then I'm going to fast forward it to the most recent day. Um, there was a 78.8% probability that the Federal Reserve will keep rates exactly the way they are. There was a 20.5%, 20.5% probability of a 25 to 50 point target range. So that would be raising the target by a quarter point, right? Zero to 25 to 25 to 50. So a quarter point to a half point, right? And then it was a 0.7% chance of them doing 50 basis point move. So that's a half point move and it would be 50 to 75. So that's on June 16th. And then we're not that far away from, you know, where we were, um, this is what, July 29th. 
And remember what I told you. Well, now on July 29th, there's a 96.1% probability that rates will remain unchanged, zero to 25 basis points, and only a 3.9% probability they go to 25 to 50. Remember, I just told you the probability is above 20. And so my point of, of sort of explaining this is these move around. They're going to move around based upon what buyers and sellers are doing on these futures contracts. And of course, I mean, the, the things that, uh, you know, Fed officials say, things that people say in the media, you know, current uh, research on Wall Street, sort of, uh, you know, all that plays into people's actions in the futures market. But um, this is a this is a good way of of sort of looking and seeing what uh, what the trend is. And if you have a variable rate mortgage, now you sort of know. Uh, you know, hopefully you know where to find those rates. Uh, but go ahead. I encourage everybody if you've got one of those mortgages or a home equity loan or any type of loan, even a credit card. See what the rate is based upon, and then you can actually, uh, you know, you can take a look and find the rates. They're easy enough to find. Most of the stuff, gladly, is posted online these days. All right, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick was uh, that currently my book, Broken Pie Chart, where I go into kind of new ways of designing portfolios. I talk about risk management, the problem with target date funds, uh, the the risk on bonds when yields are really really low. Uh, some of the what I think are the better ways to measure. You know, I, I look at uh, the Sharp ratio versus the Sortino ratio. Towards the end of the book, I, I get a little more technical there. But um, I wanted to point out that it looks like Amazon has the uh, the hardcover at like I don't know, it's like ten dollars and ninety six cents, which is a great price. So if you haven't picked one up yet, by all means, I'll put a link in the, the show notes, but go to Amazon, uh, just type in broken pie chart and uh, got a really nice price. It's discounted. Normally, I think it's, uh, they usually sell it at least for 30 bucks or something like that. So good for anyone who wants to pick up that book. Of course, the, the Kindle is also, Kindle version is also still available. No audio book though. Yeah, we were, I was writing that. Uh, I wound up putting, I think, over 100 charts and graphs in the book. So it uh, wasn't really that conducive to, uh, to an audio book at the time. You can imagine if you were reading it or if I was narrating it to you, I'd say, hey, if you, know, if you could see this chart or go ahead and pull something up and you can look at the chart as I'm explaining it, but it kind of defeats the purpose. So uh, I think the next book I'll uh, not have as many charts and graphs and actually do an audio book version. All right, uh, please share this with other people, people who listen to podcasts, people who don't listen to podcasts. And of course, you can always start and review it and all that stuff. But I'd rather you just share it and uh, hopefully get some value out of this. Continue to give me ideas. I appreciate those who reach out and uh, make suggestions about future topics. I've had some questions about interest rates and uh, you know, a lot of things of, hey, do you think interest rates are going up? Do you think they're going down? Um, and I thought this was a good episode to do because this gives you the tools to go and look for yourself and see what the futures markets are implying. All right, folks, we'll talk to you next week. 